Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. successful why is tony khan running his promotion better than vince mcmahon and bruce pritchard are running monday night and friday night long term booking going on guys thank you so very much for stopping by the channel once again today this is episode 424 of off the script it is tuesday march 29th 2022 i am jd from new york as always coming to you from the ots venue i want to thank you guys for joining me on your tuesdays wherever you may be it is wrestlemania week guys I don't really feel the excitement in the air. I don't really get an overwhelming sense of people being interested in what WWE is presenting to us this weekend. Normally, WrestleMania season is celebrated. WrestleMania season has this fever pitch excitement around it. I don't get any of that. We came out of Monday Night Raw more of the same last night. Very lukewarm, very very middle-of-the-road feeling for everybody going into WrestleMania, man. We came out of the Monday Night Raw 
last night, the go-home show, WrestleMania Raw, and nothing was really presented to us with overwhelming excitement. Now we got NXT tonight. They got their go-home show tonight for Stand and Deliver on Saturday afternoon. Maybe they do a little bit of a better job. Then we got Friday Night SmackDown. We got the Hall of Fame. That's WWE's last legitimate show before WrestleMania Night 1 on Saturday. I'm not getting a sense of any excitement regarding anything for WWE, which is quite sad. I haven't even heard WWE mention the Raw after WrestleMania. I have my own reasons why I think WWE actually dumbed down the Raw after WrestleMania, but we'll talk about that next week when we're live for Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania, man. Should be a big deal for us because it still is desired by the fans to really make Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania the proverbial reset for WWE, but WWE doesn't seem to look at it that way anymore. But we'll talk about that when we get into the festivities of WrestleMania weekend. What I got for you today, and it's going to be a busy week, man. I'm not going to Dallas. I am not flying to Dallas. I'm not going to be in the scene of WrestleMania this weekend. I'm going to be in the home office. I'm going to be on top of everything here at home for you guys. So I want to thank you guys for making off the script your destination this WrestleMania week. But what I got for you today, apparently there was a report that MJF and Tony Khan had a little bit of a disagreement backstage heat, so to say, on MJF. We're going to go over this entire story because there was a story yesterday and there's a story today about the follow-up to what happened yesterday. And I'm going to give my opinion on it. MJF and Tony Khan backstage heat, major heat, major arguments happening over MJF going on Ariel Hawani's podcast. And talking about him being a free agent in 2024. And putting over the WWE product. And saying that he's got Bruce Pritchard on speed dial. And how he loves everything Bruce and WWE are doing. Kind of buttering them up, per se. And apparently it was reported that MJF went into this without Tony Khan's approval. I call absolute bullshit. I think you're all being worked. And that's my take on that. We'll go over exactly what happened and what the report says about MJF and Tony Khan. I got news on Alexa Bliss. Apparently, Alexa Bliss is in some hot water. Rumor came out that Alexa Bliss has backstage heat with Ronda Rousey. We'll go over that. Sasha Banks, she's in the news. She's more in the news than she is at WrestleMania this year, which is quite sad when it was supposed to be Sasha Banks and Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. That was obviously before Ronda Rousey hit the scene. Sasha Banks wants people to think that women's wrestling is the greatest. But WWE doesn't seem to think so. Sasha Banks is working for a bunch of suits and ties that don't really give a shit about what she wants to bring to the table as far as women's wrestling. Finn Balor, he is now relegated to being a mid-carder on main event. I'll give you guys exactly what's going on with Finn Balor and Paul Heyman. Apparently, he signed a new long-term deal with WWE. Also, news on Ring of Honor this weekend for Supercard of Honor. Tony Khan announced a new match for the show, and we will be getting an interim Ring of Honor Women's Champion. 
at the show. Which I don't really understand because this is the same thing that he did with Cody Rhodes and Sammy Guevara and the TNT Championship. And that really wasn't necessary. And I'm going to say the same thing about this. I don't think it's necessary. So I got all that lined up for you today right here on episode 424 of Off the Script for your Tuesdays. This is March 29th, 2022. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Make sure you guys go out there and check out all the other content that you might have missed. If you missed episode 423, we talked about Triple H and him retiring on ESPN's first take with Stephen A. Smith. And I go over on Saturday's episode that Triple H, as an executive, is more influential, and that is the crown jewel of his career, what he did after his life in the ring. Leading NXT, molding all of the superstars that you currently see on WWE television today, Triple H and his team had a hand in everybody that came up from NXT, and even some that are still there now. And let's be honest, Triple H's influence spans even outside the WWE because Triple H got everybody TV ready so that they could make their grand debut with AEW and Tony Khan. Triple H, if you really want to think about it, is Tony Khan's feeder system for the better part of three years. now. We talk about Triple H and his influence on everybody in NXT and that being his crowning achievement in his career, more so as an executive than an in-ring performer. We were live from Monday Night Raw last night. Go and check that out. The go-home show from Monday Night Raw. Brock Lesnar wants to be a wedding crasher with Roman Reigns. RK Bro destroys the Street Profits and the Alpha Academy with Rick Boogs. Nakamura and the Usos involved last night on Monday Night Raw. Becky Lynch had her hair cut by Bianca Belair. Bunch of shit happened on Monday Night Raw last night. We also saw the return of Bobby Lashley and him challenging Omos to a match at WrestleMania, man. Wow! What a barn burner that's going to be, man. We're looking at a match of the year classic right there with Bobby Lashley and Omos. Nobody gives a shit. WWE basically gave away the match last night because they had Bobby Lashley take Omos off of his feet. What's the point? Why do I care to see the match now when we basically saw everything we needed to see on Monday Night Raw? If you guys missed any of the Monday Night Raw post show, it is live on the homepage right now. I also got video game content up there. Go check my WWE 2K22 My Rise Career Mode Episodic Series. Go and check that out. We're up to episode three right now. Excellent stuff. If you guys want to laugh, if you're into that type of thing, want some additional entertainment from the podcast, go and check it out. It's all on the homepage right now. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button, turn on the bell, hit the join button, hit the like button. Let's try for a thousand likes right here on Off the Script. And today's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Audible, audibletrial.com slash script. You guys are going to get 30 days free of their service and one free audiobook of your choice. The best part of it all is if you guys want to sign up and you're in that 30-day grace period, you can cancel in that 30-day grace period and still get to keep your audiobook for free. Or you guys can just sign on and stay on, which is a great deal as well. But audibletrial.com slash script. I want to thank them for always being a great sponsor right here on Off the Script. 
Let's start at the top, man. Issues between AEW's MJF, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, and Tony Khan. Backstage fight occurred. Backstage heat. And apparently, this is all stemming from MJF's recent appearance on Ariel Hawani's podcast. Now, Fightful reports that Tony Khan and MJF had a heated discussion over the weekend, and it ended with both men frustrated. The issue is said to be that MJF did not get approval from AEW to do the interview with Ariel Hawani. All the talent need to get approval from the media department before they do any podcasts or YouTube shows. Now, during this interview with Ariel Hawani, MJF talked about his contract status and confirmed that it expires on January 1, 2024. He also gave the impression that he's heard from people in WWE, and he put over Bruce Prichard, who he has known since his days in MLW. The report states that Tony Khan and MJF spoke for over an hour, notably about his contract status with AEW. Fightful added that those we spoke to didn't think there would be any issue with the subject matter in general if it had been approved by AEW's public relations team. I find this, and I got a follow-up, but I want to say this before I get into the follow-up. I did not listen or watch the interview. MJF has been saying these same exact things. This is what boggles my mind. MJF, everything he said outside of, oh, I think WWE's programming is great. I think what Roman Reigns is doing is great. He's been saying positive things about Roman Reigns in sporadic interviews here and there for the better part of six months. Tony Khan allowed MJF to go on national television and cut a promo on Dynamite about his contract status. Bruce Prichard was even named. He even said he was going to start a bidding war in 2024 for who wants to pay him the most money. I don't understand why the dirt sheets and people in the community are getting riled up about MJF possibly going to WWE. Is there a possibility he's going to jump ship? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do I think he will? Unless he wants his character to be completely fucking destroyed, he's going to give Bruce Prichard and Vince McMahon the time of day. He'll go over there for the money and everything we've known and loved about MJF in the short span of AEW's life cycle will be erased. And that's what we'll have as memories of MJF. Is there a possibility MJF could go to WWE? Absolutely. They're going to throw a boatload of money and good for MJF. He's a generational talent. You don't see many like MJF come around. But the thing that boggles my mind is MJF has been saying this same shit in the Ariel Hawani clips that I've seen on Twitter. He's been saying the same shit live on Dynamite. Who do you think approved MJF to go out there and say bidding war, Bruce Prichard, Stanford, and whatever else he wants to talk about as far as his free agent contract status coming to an end in 2024? I don't understand why people are getting riled up about this. If you've watched AEW television, you've heard legitimately MJF mention everything he mentioned 
in this Ariel Hawani interview. So I find it very difficult to believe a young and very well-liked and very well-respected MJF backstage to AEW management went behind their backs to go into business for himself and do Ariel Hawani's podcast without asking Tony Khan for permission. Why would MJF, of all people, who has been praised by everybody, go and do this behind AEW's back and go into business for himself? Unless, unless it was a work. Unless it was a work. Who was the last major name that was a free agent legitimately won their company's world championship and played it off as if he was going to take the title everywhere else? Everywhere else but WWE. I remember that same individual taking a photograph of the world title in his apartment with the world title in his refrigerator. I remember that same person coming back and signing a contract with the WWE as he was the world heavyweight champion. That same person is the same guy MJF is feuding with right now who was the star of the Summer of Punk. I don't think this is a legit issue. I think you're all being worked. I honestly think MJF is working every single one of you out there. There is absolutely zero credibility to any of this. Oh, MJF has heat. Oh, MJF and Tony Khan got into a heated argument. You've never heard anything regarding that. And everything that MJF has said in this interview and anywhere else for that matter has been said on dynamite. He's been given approval. MJF is not the type of guy. He may be that type of guy with the character he plays because he goes everywhere playing the character, but I don't think behind closed doors that MJF is going to disrespect Tony Khan in any way, shape, or form. Now, things apparently have been settled between MJF and Tony Khan after issues came up over the weekend over an interview on Ariel Hawani's show that was not approved by AEW. MJF stated in the interview that AEW's contract, his AEW contract, expires on January 1, 2024, as he was looking to start a bidding war with WWE. He made it clear that he would go to the company that makes him the most money financially. He also added that he was interested in pursuing non-wrestling projects. I, I, don't, I don't understand that. You're going to go to WWE and do non-wrestling projects. When you go to WWE, especially somebody like MJF, who's not a, a WWE product. Cody Rhodes is a WWE product. MJF is not a WWE product. Normally, WWE looks upon people who've made a name for themselves outside their walls as the enemy. They're going to dumb you down and they're going to strip you of everything that you made popular and everything who you are, of who, of who you are, and they're going to rebuild you in their image. So you're going to have to go through the trials and tribulations. He wants to do non-wrestling projects. I, I don't remember anybody in WWE outside of the elite names in WWE doing outside non-wrestling projects. And Jeff is not going to be that type of guy. Where is he going to get non-wrestling projects while working for a pro wrestling company? Under Tony Khan in AEW. This is all bullshit. It's complete and utter bullshit. MJF also said that Bruce Pritchard's number is in his phone because they've known each other since their days in MLW. When asked if he's ever spoken with Paul Heyman, he says that they never met, 
but they've texted a couple of times. MJF also put over WWE's product and said that he was a fan of what is going on in NXT 2.0 on top of what's going on with Raw and SmackDown and says Roman Reigns has been brilliant. You've all been worked. You've all been worked. The report said things have been settled between Tony Khan and MJF after issues came up over the weekend and nothing more was stated. This is directly from Fightful.com. That was the article. Things have been settled. Things never got started. Things never escalated to where they are being reported as heat backstage. Major argument with Tony Khan and MJF. It never happened. You've all been worked. MJF ain't going anywhere. MJF is going to be the world champion. He knows it. CM Punk knows it. Tony Khan's already planning it as he's planting seeds for it to happen. MJF is taking that world championship into free agent status and he ain't going anywhere. You're all going to be fucking worked like the marks that we are because MJF and Tony Khan wield the power. And with the internet, you could believe anything, man. I don't believe this for a single solitary fucking second. Speaking of Tony Khan, man, I will be reviewing Ring of Honor on Friday night. I will not be doing SmackDown unless something catastrophic happens on SmackDown. Knowing I won't be watching, Bruce will play games. As usual, like we saw with Pete Dunne being renamed Butch. Tony Khan and Ring of Honor have their first show under his leadership on Friday night. Super Card of Honor. On this show, the Briscoes will be battling FTR. Bandito will be challenging Jonathan Gresham for the Ring of Honor World Championship. We got Swerve and Alex Zane on the show. Wheeler Utah is on the show. It's going to be a very, very good show. Tony Khan just just added a women's match to the show, and everybody was wondering, well, is Deanna Perrazzo going to work in some capacity with Tony Khan and AEW management now? She is the Ring of Honor Women's Champion. She beat Roxy before the promotion went on hiatus. Tony Khan announced via Twitter that there will not be a Ring of Honor Women's Championship match, but an interim Women's Championship match. He announced via Twitter that AEW Women's Superstar Mercedes Martinez will face Willow Nightingale to determine the interim Ring of Honor World Champion. And that will take place on Friday, April 1, at Supercard of Honor. The announcement does say that the winner will face the current Ring of Honor Women's World Champion, Deanna Perrazzo, at a future date. Perrazzo is unavailable, if you guys are wondering, why isn't she there? She's unavailable for this show due to already being scheduled for Impact Wrestling's Multiverse of Matches at the same time that same night. Mercedes Martinez will join FTR, Jay Lethal, Wheeler Yuta, and Lee Moriarty as the AEW talent that is scheduled for the event in Dallas on Friday, April 1. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great, 
talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash blue wire sports offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash blue wire sports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast indeed.com slash blue wire sports terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed. I love Tony Khan's ambition. I'm going to be reviewing the show. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch his first production of Ring of Honor. It's going to be a great feel to see where he's going to lead the product. This is a great foundation. Look at the names here. Jay Lethal. I would love to see him more on AEW television. But Jay Lethal is ingrained in the history of Ring of Honor. He is Ring of Honor. Jay Lethal working over there is like a perfect match. So I'm not surprised to see him over there. And as long as he's on television, he's a fantastic worker. Why wouldn't we want to see him wrestle as much as we can? Wheeler Yuta, an up-and-coming talent. They just started a storyline with him and possibly joining William Regal and Brian Danielson and John Moxley on AEW Dynamite. So Wheeler Yuta getting his shine away from the best friends and showing everybody what he can do in a Ring of Honor ring That's a big deal for somebody like that. This is a huge opportunity to showcase himself in front of a large audience that may not know who Wheeler Yuta is. Guys like that are who I want to see. And what I've thought about, who's Tony Khan going to use? Wheeler Yuta is one of those names. Same thing with Lee Moriarty. FTR and the Briscoes, this has been months in the making. So we're getting it. And Tony Khan says, you're going to want to watch till the end of the show. He's got a major, major announcement, major surprise happening at the end of Supercard of Honor. Whatever that is, I don't know. But as far as the Women's Championship is concerned, Deanna Perrazzo, I stated this a couple days ago when I talked about her possibly being used for this show. If there was a possibility, I could absolutely see Deanna Perrazzo wanting to do the Impact show, and if it was even possible, also working the Ring of Honor show at the same uh, on the same day. Now, obviously not at the same time. I believe Impact Show is going to be live that weekend. And so is Tony Khan's show with Ring of Honor. So she can't be at two places at the same time unless she's some fucking magician. But I do think that if there was a possibility, if Impact was happening during the day and Ring of Honor was happening at night, I would absolutely see Deanna Perrazzo working both shows in the same day. I don't understand why we need an interim women's championship. I've seen some people on social media saying that their interest in the show kind of went down with this, with this announcement. Why? Why? I, is it something that makes sense? No. Is it something that we need right now? No. I don't understand. Tony Khan went about this situation, the same thing he did with the TNT title, and I feel like he just kind of jumped the gun. He wanted an interim title. Oh, Cody Rhodes is going away, and I don't know what was going on there. He made an interim title. Sammy Guevara won the interim title. Now we got two TNT titles floating around. Dan Lambert's wearing the other one. I don't think we need two TNT championships. We never needed an interim TNT champion to begin with. But at the end of the day, I'm not really going to complain too much because we got that incredible ladder match with Sammy Guevara and Cody Rhodes to determine the real TNT champion. And it was a playbook or play out of the playbook of Shawn Michaels and... God rest his soul, rest in peace, Scott Hall, Razor Ramon. So for that, I'm not going to really blast Tony Khan completely. Now here he is making the same mistake again. I don't know why you don't include more women on the show 
and make it some sort of fatal four-way or something like that. Go back to what you did at the All-In Show. Remember the All-In Show? I believe Tessa Blanchard was in there with Chelsea Green and and Britt Baker. So why don't we do a fatal four-way like we saw at the All-In Show and you take four women, some who may be with Ring of Honor, who have some ties with Ring of Honor, some who may be in AEW, put them in a match and determine a number one contender. It's not like Ring of Honor is not going to have another show where Deanna Perrazzo is going to be unavailable again. She's going to be available. So why are you pretending like you have to strip her of the championship because she has another commitment somewhere with her home promotion? I don't understand it. Well, why do we need another women's champion? It's kind of overkill. A fatal four-way number one contender match would have been fine. Or if you wanted to include multiple women's matches on the show, you could have did that as well. Have one match and another match, and the winners of those matches wrestle in the, in the same show and, and crown a number one contender. There's multiple ways you, you could have done it. But Tony Khan wants to go the interim route because he feels like, oh, if someone's crowned the champion and they're wrestling the real champion, then that's a bigger selling point. I, I don't think so. I think more people are going to look at it as, why? Why is this necessary? We just saw this on AEW television with the TNT Championship. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Mercedes Martinez, obviously, we know how good she is. I've had the pleasure of calling matches or a match with her in House of Glory. Same thing with Willow Nightingale. Never really knew who Willow Nightingale was. She was actually in the women's tournament for House of Glory. She was awesome. And she did a great job. So I am looking forward to what those two ladies can do. They're both very physical. So it's going to be a great match. I just don't think it's necessary to crown an interim women's champion for Ring of Honor. Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman has signed the new long-term contract with WWE. This occurred last year. He's going to be with the WWE for a very, very long time. Heyman's been in the middle of pretty much every main event scene for... God knows how long he's been there with either Lesnar or Reigns or both of them. Heyman has been working with Reigns both in front of the camera and behind the scenes. Same thing with Lesnar. While speaking with the sports media podcast, Heyman revealed that he signed a long-term deal with the WWE last year. He says this, It was public knowledge that my contract came up last year and I kept it very close to the vest because I'm not one of those people that A, want to negotiate in public and B, I'm reading an awful lot lately about who signed for how long and how much, and I never want to be that. He doesn't want that to be him. This much, I will say, I re-signed with the WWE last year. It was a long-term agreement. They created a situation where I would have been a fool not to take them up on their offer. I'm locked in for a while. I also, and this has been the case for a very long time for me because I do outside projects just uh, like I like to multitask, and I'm very add and I can't concentrate on one thing ever in my life, I have carve-outs to allow me to do other projects, which is also to WWE's benefit because I'm locked into WWE as well. I'm always going to be, oh, that WWE guy is doing this outside project. I would never do anything that would betray my deal with WWE because they went out of their way to ensure that I was here. I'm happy, I'm locked in, and we're mutually satisfied with each other's contributions. Paul Heyman, I mean, it it should not have even been a thought in anybody's head that he was going anywhere. Would I like to see Paul Heyman possibly at one point go to AEW? 
and do something with somebody in AEW like he's been doing with Roman Reigns? Absolutely. But I don't ever see that happening. Paul Heyman, for all the reputation that Paul Heyman has garnered over the years and all the slimy tactics that he's used as a wrestling promoter and and yada, 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 I, I don't see Paul Heyman betraying WWE. I don't see Paul Heyman, you know, biting the hand that feeds him. You know, we all grow up and we all mature in our older age. Paul Heyman is not going to do Vince McMahon dirty. He knows where his money is made. He knows that he's got a star-making act, not only with Roman Reigns, but with himself. Paul Heyman is the greatest, one of the greatest mouthpieces in the history of professional wrestling. Paul Heyman's on TV in a main event spot every single week, and he does it brilliantly. Why would he go anywhere? Why does he need to go anywhere? They offered him a boatload of money. He deserves a boatload of money. WWE knows that they have to pay Paul Heyman because Paul Heyman is just as valuable backstage with Roman, just as valuable backstage with Brock, just as valuable backstage with anybody he puts his mind to. They know Paul Heyman is just as valuable backstage as creative than he is on screen with anybody they want to pair him on screen with. This is an absolute no-brainer. Nothing more needs to be said. When you got one of the best minds in the fucking business, (laughs) William Regal, don't know why they let somebody like that go, which is why WWE picks and chooses who they want to keep. When you got one of the greatest minds in the history of this industry on your roster, you do everything possible to keep him on your roster. That is Paul Heyman. Speaking of resigning, Sami Zayn, he resigned with the WWE earlier this year. He spoke to Cultaholic about why he resigned with WWE. He says this, and I quote, I was already in a very good place with WWE, and they made it very clear, not just when it was time to negotiate, but in the last year, year and a half, whatever it is, I've definitely gotten the impression that they've said as much that I'm valued, I'm a valued part of the roster, and I feel valued, and I get a lot of television time. So I've been very happy and stimulated creatively even, which I know is a difficult thing to get in WWE sometimes. With so many moving parts, with so many talented people sometimes, inevitably, you kind of get left behind. But I haven't felt that way in a very long time with WWE. So that was really the main factor, the main driving decision to stay. I was very happy to stay because I felt valued, I felt appreciated, and it was reflected as such by the amount of television time that I got for me. It was a bit of a no-brainer to stay right now. Sami Zayn's contract was slated to expire on the same time Kevin Owens' deal was set to expire. Kevin Owens signed a three-year extension for a rumored 2 to $3 million a year, and at the same time, Sami Zayn signed his new WWE deal. I'm glad he stayed. I honestly think Sami Zayn, you know, going to AEW, Sami Zayn would not be the type of guy or uh, El Generico. He'd probably bring that back because I don't think he'd be able to take Sami Zayn over to AEW television, he would be somebody that would absolutely get lost in the shuffle. They have so many guys with more coming in, more women coming in, possible Bray Wyatt, Johnny Gargano, Samoa Joe. Bringing somebody like Sami Zayn or El Generico, in this case, over to AEW would not have made sense financially. Now, with the Ring of Honor being a thing and a viable fucking brand for Tony Khan, who's to say El Generico wouldn't have found his place on television at some point with Tony Khan. We don't know. 
But the main thing is, and this is a very rare situation for somebody in WWE, if somebody is telling you that they are valued working in WWE, I'm pretty sure that he feels he's valued. And for that, for somebody to walk away from that and be content with the money, the great money that he's making and the friends in the locker room, the colleagues that he travels the road with, that's a very difficult thing to walk away from. But the important thing is him being valued. That is the one thing that kept him grounded in WWE. You don't get that a lot, especially in the world of professional wrestling where they use you, they abuse you, they dump you, and they go with the next hottest thing. Now, Sami Zayn, could he be booked better on WWE television? Absolutely. Sami Zayn's one of the best heels in the entire company. Do I think he should be doing something more than Johnny Knoxville at WrestleMania? Yes, I do. I do think it should have been Sami Zayn versus Ricochet in a barn burner of a match for the Intercontinental Championship. That's what the match, to me, should have been. Or a ladder match of some sort with Sami Zayn leading the charge in that ladder match. Would I like to see Sami Zayn a, a little bit more serious? Or taken a little bit more serious? Booked a little bit more seriously in WWE? Yes, I do. But he's getting television time. It's not like he's irrelevant. He's on television. He's entertaining. He's great at what he does. But at the end of the day, he feels valued. Can't put a price on being valued. If he feels valued, he feels valued. And he's making money. And he's got TV time. So it's a perfect world right now for Sami Zayn. I don't think anybody here would want him to join AEW and then ultimately get lost in the shuffle. Sami Zayn is so good, he's got to be on TV every week. And that's the role he's been given on SmackDown. Finn Balor, somebody that is not getting television time. Finn Balor, demoted to main event. Finn Balor, if you guys are unaware, is the United States champion on Monday Night Raw. Damian Priest and Finn Balor were looking like they were headed towards a WrestleMania clash for the United States championship. Both men don't have WrestleMania spots. Both men are in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Both men are in the Andre the Giant Memorial, not at WrestleMania, But at SmackDown Friday, WrestleMania SmackDown on Friday. Quite the pathetic situation for WWE. In turn, Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Ricochet do not have a WrestleMania spot. Ricochet, by the way, is the Intercontinental Champion. It's quite sad. The United States Champion is not on the WrestleMania card. He's now on Superstars and Main Event. Or Main I don't even know if they have Superstars. Main Event. He joined a group of guys. And look at these names. And Veer is coming to Monday Night Raw. Veer, Veer Mahan is coming to Monday Night Raw. I can't wait to see him debut. I think he's going to be the next big thing. I really do. I really do. And his B game is goaded. That's all I got to say about that. Cedric Alexander and Apollo Crews. Now, Veer wrestled Cedric Alexander, and Finn Balor wrestled Apollo Crews. Apollo Crews is about to be on the Nick Khan budget cut list after WrestleMania. Cedric Alexander may be on there as well. Shelton Benjamin may be on there as well. Dijak, T-Bag may be on there. Mace may be on there. Shotzi may be on there. Zia Lee may be on there. <coughs> Excuse me, Aaliyah may be on there. There's a bunch of people that WWE is currently not using that you could just feel by watching the show who you see and don't see where they may actually end up. Finn Balor wrestled Apollo Crews. That in itself is fucking sad. Apollo Crews is about to go bye-bye with Commander Aziz. He's about to be terminated on the budget cut list for Nick Khan. Finn Balor is now in this camp. 
They're all rowing down the same fucking river, man. They're all going in the same direction. It's quite sad. Finn Balor was never liked by WWE. There was a report not too long ago, right before the turn of the new year, that Vince McMahon doesn't look at Finn Balor as anything more than a mid-card guy, a good hand. He's not here to push Finn Balor. Why the fuck did you call him up? From NXT is what I want to know. Triple H used him in NXT. He almost resuscitated his career by going back to NXT that second time. Balor was great. The presentation of Balor was a complete deviation away from what we saw on the main roster. They turned him into a fucking walking toothpaste ad, smiling everywhere because he's a babyface. They're that fucking crotch shot, that spanning crotch shot that they used to do. I wasn't sure if he was a fucking pro wrestler or a Haynes underwear model. I, I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell. Balor is being miscast. Balor's being mistreated and misused. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Balor should be on WrestleMania with Damian Priest. What about Damian Priest? Damian Priest has been booked great for the better part of a year and a half outside the, the, the fucking Jekyll and Hyde shit that they had him do. They took him off television because he's been getting no reaction. But whose fault is that? Is that Damian Priest's fault or is that Vince McMahon's fault or Bruce Pritchard's fault? You changed something that didn't need to be changed. You have one of the best pro wrestlers on your roster and Finn Balor not being used right now. You're a United States Championship. Why is it on him? If you want to put him on main event, why is the United States Championship on Finn Balor? Why is the IC title on Ricochet if the guy's a fucking loser? All the people, oh, Ricochet's going to get a big push. Yeah, today, tomorrow, he'll be buried. Why is Ricochet being buried? Let me, let me discuss this with you. Why is Ricochet three times a loser in less than three days? Why is that? Friday, he lost to Humberto Carrillo. Friday, he lost to Angel Garza. He went Saturday, Sunday, all the way to Monday. He wrestled Austin Theory. He was on a show that's not even his own, and he lost in two minutes to Austin Theory clean in an on-title match as the Intercontinental Champion. You want to know why Ricochet's being buried? He made an off comment on social media. I'd love to wrestle Mustafa Ali at WrestleMania with the Intercontinental Championship on the line. You mentioned Mustafa Ali in any circle in WWE with the management that has been going back and forth with him. You're going to rub management the wrong way. Ricochet has ultimately buried himself by wanting to work with somebody who is now against WWE in every sense of the word, and rightfully so because of the way he's been treated. That's a no-no, Mr. Ricochet. That's a no-no, bro. Now you're the Intercontinental Champion and you're being buried as if it's the 24-7 Championship. I don't get the pettiness. I don't get the comment by Ricochet. I don't get how you book somebody like Ricochet with all the talent in the world that this man possesses who should be in a main event spot, should have been in the main event spot fucking the day he got called up to the main roster. Buried. Galler, buried. Guys like this. Logan Paul has a fucking WrestleMania match. Johnny Knoxville has a WrestleMania match, but Finn fucking Balor and Ricochet don't have WrestleMania matches. What a fucking joke. A complete joke. Finn Balor, I'm sorry, man. I love him, but the guy needs to go. Ricochet needs to go. Who's to say when their contracts are up, they may be let go before they have a chance to walk away on their own. 
And the caveat to it all is that both guys are Triple H guys. Both guys are black and gold. And we know everybody that is black and gold, one way or another, unless you somehow make it through those murky waters, is getting buried. And that's exactly the case with Finn Balor and Ricochet. Speaking of Barry, the women's division man, Sasha Banks, she was interviewed about the women's division, and she wants the women's division to be the the greatest, women's wrestling to be the greatest it could be in the eyes of the audience. She was interviewed with The Athletic. She was talking about the women's division, and she says this, and I quote, she obviously, and we know, she ushered in the women's revolution with Bailey. Paige was also a part of that. There's a small group of women that really ushered in the changing of the tides with women's wrestling. It will never be forgotten. But it happened in NXT. WWE will never continue the push of Stephanie McMahon and Triple H and what they did for women's wrestling on the main roster. It's more of a joke now than ever before. Sasha Banks ushered in this era of women's wrestling, getting women's wrestling into the mainstream, getting women's wrestling to be treated seriously again on WWE television. Sasha and Bayley did that at the first takeover in Brooklyn with NXT, one of the best matches of all time. She says this, The universe keeps giving me so much more. It's so cool that my hard work since I was a kid is paying off. Women's wrestling, something I wanted forever, is being taken seriously. I never want that to change. I want it to be something people look to and think it's the greatest thing they've ever seen. I want my face on the posters. I want people buying tickets to see Sasha Banks. Now, she goes on to say this in the interview with The Athletic. I think I can in such a different way about being a transcending superstar like The Rock and John Cena. And with her appearances on The Mandalorian, and she was on uh, Hot Ones, that, uh, that, that TV show, the, the Spicy Wing Show. I think I can be a transcending superstar in, a, in such a different way. I see The Rock as maybe the biggest global star, and John Cena is coming right behind him. It would be cool to see a woman step into that level. I think with Sasha Banks and Mercedes Varnado, right there, I think the stars are aligned for me. End quote. She's right about that. Whatever she plans to do after pro wrestling, she's going to be a megastar. I've said this for years. When you take Sasha Banks out of everybody on that main roster, Becky, Bailey, Charlotte, if all of them walked into a room, if Charlotte, let's take Charlotte, for example, if Charlotte walked into a room and Sasha Banks walked into a room at the same time, who are you going to think is the bigger star? I'm going to look at Sasha Banks and think that she's the biggest superstar out of the two. And that opinion on Sasha Banks for me has not changed. She's got everything you want. She's beautiful. She's young. She is, to me, the best in-ring women's wrestler on the main roster right now. That is including Becky and Charlotte Flair. By by all accounts, it's a very subjective thing, but Sasha, to me, is head above everybody else on the main roster right now, currently. She's going to be a big star no matter what she does after WWE. Life after WWE, Sasha Banks will be just fine. She's already proven that she wants to do acting, Mandalorian. She is going to do whatever she's got to do 
to remain successful. And she's young enough to do so. She's already made such a fucking impact that I don't even think she needs WWE anymore. But that's not the type of woman Sasha Banks is. That's not the type of woman Sasha Banks is made is made uh, from. You know, she she's not uh, some of that's content. She she wants always something more and more and more and more. She wants to be the best at legitimately everything. There's always an accolade that she wants to chase. She always wants to make a difference and leave the women's division in a better place. The the, the fucked up thing is, she says she wants women's wrestling to be the greatest, the greatest thing that people have ever seen. But the fucked up thing is she's working for a company that doesn't appreciate women's wrestling. So her vision and her vision of women's wrestling, yes, she started it, but WWE has deteriorated it into nothing. I don't think WWE really appreciates what Sasha Banks brings to the table. They're always pushing a Charlotte, bringing in a Ronda, pushing an Alexa Bliss, pushing a a Becky Lynch. Sasha seems always to be left out for whatever reason. They always go dip a toe into the water with Sasha Banks, but they never take a full dive into the pool with Sasha Banks, ever. It's always very, very careful with Sasha Banks, and I don't know why. I don't know why. One of these days, I'll have the answer. I I don't know why. Does WWE think she's flaky? Does WWE think that she's not genuine to the company? Does WWE think that she may be the one of the horsewomen to jump ship and continue this venture somewhere else? If Sasha Banks was a free agent, I could absolutely see her negotiating with Tony Khan. I absolutely could see that bar none. Why? Because WWE is not satisfying Sasha Banks. I don't need to know the woman. I don't need to know her husband to know that. I just know it. Just look at what she's doing right now. There's no fucking way that woman is creatively satisfied. She hasn't been creatively satisfied in many, 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 many years. I think the last time she may have been creatively satisfied was when she turned heel and feuded with Becky Lynch going into their classic Hell in a Cell match. Even the Bailey stuff was fucking dropped on its head, man. It was good, and they carried the pandemic era, but they botched Bailey and Sasha. They botched it. They did everything backwards. This woman is not creatively satisfied. She may get a little trinket of things here, a little seed here, a little taste there. She's not creatively satisfied, man. The best way for me to put it is they never go headfirst with Sasha Banks. It's always everybody else. Always. I don't understand it. But the company does not appreciate women's wrestling. The company does not want women's wrestling to thrive. They'll give you enough to a point where it's on TV and it looks like they're giving you women's wrestling. Two-minute matches. The Queen of the Ring tournament was a complete fucking disaster. If WWE cared about women's wrestling, we wouldn't have gotten fucking 11 minutes total in the first two rounds of the goddamn tournament. WWE does not give a shit about women's wrestling. I don't know why anybody would go out there and think that they do. Bruce notoriously hates women's wrestling. Notoriously hates women's wrestling. He says women's wrestling is not a draw. It's not a moneymaker. Nobody's paying to see women's wrestling. That's Bruce Prichard and John Laurinaitis. They're only in this women's revolution because if they're not, they're going to get fucking blasted for it. Sasha Banks deserves better. The women's division deserves better. The women's division needs to be equal. Everybody should be treated. You got to have your Charlottes and you got to have your Beckys, but 
everybody else below them, including Sasha, they are a fucking afterthought. WWE has not, listen to this, WWE has not created anybody out of Sasha, Charlotte, Becky, and Bailey, the four horsemen. The only one that has even remotely come close, Alexa Bliss. She was a big fan favorite. Even she has been relegated to off TV. Nothing. Bianca Belair has been the one woman outside of the horsewomen. Bailey's injured right now. Sasha is always there. She's going to be there. She's got bigger name value than anybody. Bianca Belair is the only woman that is absolutely, you know, moved away from the mediocrity of the women's division to be in discussion with the others. Outside that, everybody feels like a fucking afterthought. That's not something that I would be happy about. Everybody should be equal. For your Beckys and Baileys and your your Sashas and Charlottes, everybody should be right there within a fucking breath of taking a spot away. Everybody should be equal, but they're not. And that's why the women's division sucks. The brand splits hurt the division. The multiple titles, the women's tag team titles have all actively hurt the division. The division is without vision. It really is without vision. And I've been saying this for fucking years. With a, with a vision, the division could be great. The people with, with, with uh, whatever they're doing right now, creative, with no vision, they're actively killing the entire revolution. Triple H and Stephanie McMahon are the creators of this women's revolution. They'll never get, they, they will never get credit. NXT will never get credit. WWE will never go back and cycle back to Bailey and Sasha on NXT. It's the main roster. Whatever they do on the main roster is the only thing that matters. They want to bring in Ronda, and they want to do this, and they want to do that, and they want to make it seem like a big deal, but at the end of the day, it's not. It's fucking garbage. Both women's divisions are the worst right now, not only creatively, but in general, the worst I've seen it. This is on par with the butterfly era, with the divas era. Two-minute matches isn't going to get women over. They've done more harm than they've done good for the women's division. That needs to change. Former WWE star returning to the ring, Bo Dallas. Bo Dallas, Bo Leave is coming back. He was nothing more than mid-court talent on the main roster. His last match came on November 13th, 2019 at a WWE house show while working a six-man tag team match. That December, he had announced that he was going on a life-changing expedition and it wasn't brought back to television, only to be let go by WWE in April 2021. After being with the company for 13 years, he is the brother of Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda, by the way. Dallas has not been inside a wrestling ring or even made public wrestling-related appearances since then, but that will be changing this year while doing a virtual signing with Captain's Corner. The former NXT champion provided an update on his in-ring future, says he's been busy with other business ventures since his release, but plans to get back into the ring in the next few months. He says this, and I quote, not saying I'm done with wrestling, or that's what I've been saying for the past year. And now that I've got that squared away and that's in the works, I can get back I can get back to my passion. I will be back in the ring in the next couple of months. And that's a guarantee because I don't make promises I don't deliver on. Somebody did ask him if he belongs in AEW. And he mentioned AEW. He said AEW is not out of the realm of possibility. And while he appreciates that comment, 
He's not even sure what to do with him right now, let alone AEW. Even though he hasn't been wrestling, Dallas has kept himself in great shape all this time. Good for him. If you're passionate about something, get back out there. And I like somebody who was treated unfairly in WWE, never really given an opportunity, treated like a joke. And then they come out and they make a superstar out of themselves by working their ass off on the indies, man. It's going to be a great story to see Bo Dallas get back out there. Whatever he's going to be uh, going under as far as his name is concerned on the indies, he's going to be somebody to watch. Because I know he's going to have a chip on his shoulder and he's going to go out there and have something to prove. Those are the types of people that you need to keep an eye on. The Steiner Brothers, they were inducted into the Hall of Fame on Monday afternoon. I don't like mentioning him. He's got a a bad rep in the community, but Brad Shepard has reported this as of late February. He reported this first out of everybody else. So this was revealed on Monday afternoon, and Reddit user uh, Kermit125, who's broken a lot of stories and has been accurate on a lot of things and has just recently stated that Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kevin Owens will main event night one of WrestleMania. Rick and Scott... The Steiner brothers being inducted was broken by him on Reddit. He may be the guy that's feeding Mr. Brad Shepard all that information. Rick and Scott are considered by many to be one of the greatest tag teams of all time, perhaps probably in the top three tag teams of the 1990s. They've won titles all over the world, including NWA, WCW, World Tag Team titles on several occasions, two-time WWF tag team champions. Scott is a former WCW World Heavyweight champion as well. WrestlingNews.co exclusively reported last year that there was no heat from WWE's side on Scott Steiner and his comments, and that Vince McMahon was willing to talk with Scott if he was open to it. For years, Scott has said that he did not care about being inducted into the Hall of Fame and still has negative feelings towards Triple H. It appears that things have been smoothed over, and the brothers will be inducted on Friday night. Good for them, man. One of the best tag teams. I grew up with the Steiner brothers. So to see them in the Hall of Fame and to see them get their accolades is a great deal. The one thing is, is Scott Steiner going to have a live microphone on Friday night? That's something I'm going to be. That's something I'm going to be paying attention to. I may have to alter my scheduling, my viewing schedule on Friday night just to see that. So congratulations to the Steiner brothers, man! It's amazing that they have not won more WWF tag team titles uh, instead of just the two the two reigns that they had. It's it's amazing to even think that. So congratulations to them. And this is all going in line with what we've discussed already. This was rumored. Braun Breaker is going to be set for a major, major star-making push in WWE. If they didn't believe in Braun, I don't think the Steiner brothers are even going into the Hall of Fame. If they didn't believe in Braun, if, if, if the family didn't believe in Braun, I don't think bridges would have been mended here in WWE. So congratulations to the Steiner brothers. They're going in Friday night. Should be very interesting if Scott Steiner does grab a microphone even just for a little bit. And finally, guys, Alexa Bliss. We all know about Alexa Bliss. Overrated. Not real that good. Somebody that WWE jammed down our throats for years when I don't think she really deserved all the accolades that came her way. When there were others that were there that were better than her. There's this rumor going around on social media, seems to be gaining steam. This was over the weekend about Alexa Bliss allegedly having heat with Ronda Rousey. Now, she dumbed this rumor down and she debunked this rumor. But of course she had to debunk the rumor. 
Do I think that other women in that locker room have legit heat with Ronda Rousey? Absolutely. You think those women are happy that Ronda came in night one after being away, after having a kid, being away, coming back, joining WWE, winning the Royal Rumble at number 30. They built the entire Royal Rumble around Ronda Rousey to win it, go to WrestleMania, and get a women's championship match at Charlotte Flair's title and not main event. You think that that locker room is pro-Ronda Rousey? There may be people that like Ronda. There may be people that are pro-Ronda. But I don't think that entire locker room is pro-Ronda. I think there are several in that locker room that look at Ronda and look at somebody that they don't think belongs. Just going out on a limb. Bliss shot down this rumor and said it was comical and untrue. She says this, this is comical and untrue. I'm not in, I'm only in one group chat and it's with my bridal party. Hashtag keep trying trolls. Now, there are rumors about heat between Bliss and Rousey, they've been out there for a couple of years after Bliss stated on WWE 365 that she suffered a concussion at Hell in a Silk 2018 in a match with Ronda Rousey. Bliss also talked about suffering a concussion in another match against Rousey at a house show. In April of 2020, some of the WWE talent lashed out at Rousey for going on Steve-O's show and referring to pro wrestling as fake fights for fun. During an interview with Express.co in the UK, Bliss said... To kind of say what we do is fake is not fair. It's scripted. 100% finish is scripted. But we tell people that. But we don't say what we do is fake because that's just insulting. Bliss later said that the locker room quickly moved on from the situation, but Rousey probably should have apologized. But you hash it out and you get over it and you work together and now we all get along great and we're all one big happy family I think she may have some apologizing to do because it was disrespectful and our company is built on respect, but I don't see why she wouldn't be welcome with open arms. Despite the rumors, it looks like there is currently no heat between Alexa Bliss and Ronda Rousey. Like I said, and I don't want to jump into this and give you another fucking 15-minute rant, do I think Alexa Bliss is bullshitting? Absolutely. She might not have any problems with Ronda Rousey. I don't know why she would. Things have been done in the past. She had her nose broken by Sasha Banks. Apparently, that is all water under the bridge now as well. There was an issue between those two women, and there is no issue between those two women now. But as far as this situation, all you have to do is look at Ronda on television. All you have to do is look at the way Ronda's been brought in and been given the world, and she hasn't taken it and led the division like she's supposed to. She shows up on TV... The first night, she's fucking miserable. It looks like she doesn't want to be there. Now it looks like she doesn't want to be there, but she's putting on a fake smile to pretend like she enjoys being there. Ronda is only back for a paycheck. Ronda is only back because she's using whatever star power her name holds to be in the main event of WrestleMania with Charlotte Flair. She's looking to take whatever star power her name holds and go to SmackDown and lead SmackDown as the big wig, the the woman... Over there, the number one female in the division over there. Meanwhile, she realizes this is all she has left. That and her gaming streams on Facebook. There's no way you can convince me that this woman does not have heat in the locker room. It might not be public. It might be very secretive. But there is things that have happened with Rousey being back at the Royal Rumble to where we are now going into WrestleMania. I guarantee you. That half of that locker room does not appreciate Ronda Rousey being there. 
and have said the same thing behind closed doors that I've said about Ronda Rousey. It looks like she has zero interest and zero care about anything she's doing on television. That's somebody that, to me, does not belong in the main event of WrestleMania. Never mind that. Doesn't belong on television. Ronda Rousey is just another one-year experiment for WWE to get some publicity for their dying creative product, and it will do nothing to help the women's division in the long run. Rousey helped the first time around. She's actually doing more harm this second time than anything else. Not named Becky Lynch. I'm getting out of here, guys. Thank you so very much for all of your support. If you enjoyed today's podcast, let me know what you guys think down below. Hit that thumbs up. Let's try for 1,000 likes minimum on today's OTS 424. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. And make sure you guys go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. I will be live tonight for NXT. Make sure you guys join me in the OTS venue as we talk about the go-home show for Stand and Deliver this Saturday afternoon. Guys, hit that thumbs up. Thank you once again. I will see you tonight for NXT. Until then, enjoy your Tuesdays. And I'll see you all later for NXT right here from the OTS venue. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.